That's right. We're making some changes. We got a new song. We got a new graphic. If you noticed, I hope you noticed. I put like a solid <laughs> 20 minutes, 30 minutes into that graphic. So you better have noticed. But we're we're making some changes. Uh, if if you're just joining us, my name is Cody. And my name is Kyle, and I noticed that you made some changes, Cody, so thank you. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the hard work that you do. Um, well, let's clue everyone in if they haven't figured out by seeing a different title, a different picture, a different song, a different intro. What's going on, Cody? Yeah, hopefully no one just went, what is this podcast? I didn't subscribe to this unfollow. Like, but um, yeah, that we, could very well happen. We, that, that's sad. Maybe we should have given more warning. But <laughs> regardless, we're making some changes. We're excited. We've got some some new things going on. Um, if you, if yeah, if this is your first episode and you don't know, we started a podcast in was it july did we start august i don't even remember last august probably summer 2021 we started a podcast called pastors with poor overs um we we just wanted a kind of a platform where we could have conversations to help our listeners work out what they believe ed and we used specialty coffee because we both well, we were baristas and then we weren't and now we are and we're, we just we like coffee. We're using coffee as kind of a um, just a means to like create a niche to kind of make it fun and lighthearted. Um, and I think really our heart in it, like the coffee was fun, but our heart was that we saw a lot of, of a lot of people, especially people in our generation, like millennials, like I noticed it in a lot of like musicians who I used to listen to are, are like leaving the faith and they're saying, you know, I was really um, confronted by this issue. And I'm like, how could we believe this? How could Christians believe this? Or like, how could a good God do this? And it, it just kind of revealed that uh, like a general lack of understanding, like there are things that. I'm like, I actually don't know where you got that idea or like, actually that's a pretty like, like basic thing to answer. And we saw that a lot of people were, you know, they were going through doubts and deconstruction based on not having really explored or been taught, maybe not having a depth of what they understood. And it left people prone to doubts, prone to, uh, you know, misleading teachings and, and, and those sorts of things. And that was really our heart going into podcasting. That was what, what motivated us. And it still is very much a, a driving passion of ours, I think. Yeah. And we, well, and we used, um, well, the name was just clever pastors with yeah. borrowers. Like who doesn't love that? Um, and so like coffee kind of became like a, a uh, it, it, it was coming out of this idea of like, we would be at the cafe working together, making coffee and then talking about these things ourselves. Um, and it's like, Oh, what if we recorded that? And so it was a very natural thing. And we'd, you know, sit down with some coffee every week and, and talk about it, talk about the coffee at first, a little bit of banter back and forth and then uh, get into um, what, you know, kind of that driving passion that you're talking about with 
um, talking about our faith, um, we're still going to have coffee. I have mine. You have yep, yours. I got coffee. We're not, we're not throwing that away. We're still going to have some lighthearted fun and banter at the beginning, just like we are right now, obviously. Um, so much fun. But one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that we wanted to, I guess, really focus in on is, um, you know, when it, when it comes to the beginning of a podcast, some people probably skip it. You do you. That's fine. I don't care. Um, but like we want to kind of expand that out. And if you're pastors with pour overs and then you don't talk about coffee, then if anyone came for the coffee content, they're going to be sad and disappointed and everything. Mm -hmm. So just expanding on that sense, um, we want to do more stuff, maybe write more things. I don't know, do some cool merch or something, other video content. Um, but also wanted to talk about kind of some wider topics outside of coffee, um, things in Christian culture, we're both, uh, have very nerdy sides to us. So like nerd culture, pop culture, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and we kind of need a name that kind of brought all of that together. Um, and kind of really focused in on what we wanted to do with this podcast and kind of our, I, I like our vision for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we landed after a very long shared note with a lot of possible ideas, <laughs> some, some of which <laughs> I was really proud of. I still think 101 Huntley Street would have been great. Um, but we landed on the name <laughs> Sinners and Sufferers. And this is, uh, it's a line we, we pulled from uh, the book, uh, Was It Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, which I just started reading it. You've read it before. And he just, he's talking Greatest about book of all time. Is it probably <laughs> according to according to many people on Twitter last year, the greatest except, book ever written, except John MacArthur, John MacArthur hated it. So or, yeah, he, yeah. yeah, well, Anyways, it was a dude who works for him or something, but oh, it's, it's, it was crazy. But, uh, he speaks a lot about Jesus disposition and his heart for sinners and sufferers, uh, the way that he comes to these people that he really loves people, how he brings, uh, he says, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we've had a number of conversations, you know, with each other in this last year, where if you, if you followed with us, you know, that we've had kind of a crazy ride. We were pastors and then we were church planters and then we were nothing and now we're doing ministry in other ways and and <laughs> kind of i'm still i still a lot of people call we me passing <laughs> we were nothing i don't know uh i think funny a lot of people still call me pastor i still like act like a pastor and like just kind of accidentally teach people um but we've been, yeah, we've kind of been through the, the ringer in some ways with the church and we we're talking ourselves about how we felt like some hurt and some burnout and we could empathize. Like we were saying, we, we can understand how a lot of people would, would leave the church after going through burnout, after going through hurt, but personally knowing God and, and like loving him and having this, this rich relationship and understanding we can't let go of that. Like we still hold firm to the reality that Jesus is Lord, that he, he is hope and salvation for the sinner and the sufferer. And we've also had a lot of conversations with you guys, with our listeners. And that's really 
like what we're doing this for, like Kyle and I can just talk without recording it too. But we've had conversations with people where you're saying that, you know, you're tired of like when we talked about pastors, pastors aren't professionals. We had some people saying like, yeah, we, I've, I'm so tired of the professionalization of church. We've been hurt by this. And we see that a lot of people out there are tired. A lot of people are burnt out. They're weary. They're, you know, they're sinners and sufferers. And you're just people seeking to know God, seeking to, to know truth, to have a real relationship. And we wanted to, to kind of speak, to, to have this conversation with you guys. So we, we started this Sinners and Suffers to be a, a podcast for sinners and sufferers, having conversations about theology, about faith, about culture, for weary souls in need of grace. Yeah, and uh, with that being said, the the topic we want to kind of kick this brand new journey off with is um, really about us being sinners and mm-hmm. um, even you know, talking about, um, why there is suffering in this world, why we do suffer. And, uh, that comes back to what we call the fall. Um, at the very beginning of the Bible, the, the beginning of the story of the Bible, the story of the, the whole world, um, we have this incredible in Genesis one and two, this incredible description of God creating the world, um, and making everything that we see today, um, and making humanity as kind of the pinnacle of his creation. Um, but then right away in chapter three, we have what um, we call the fall, um, where sin entered into the world. And we now have what we call a fallen world because of that. Um, and we want to read um, from our favorite statement of faith, probably. Unless yeah, there's a better one out there. I, don't, I think, I think we can that's say safe. That. We can call yeah. it that. Yeah. <laughs> Our favorite statement of faith here, uh, the 1689, um, says this, um, although God created man upright and perfect and gave him a righteous law, which had been unto life, had kept, holy smokes, I'm stumbling, and gave him a righteous law, which had been unto life, had he kept it, and threatened death upon the breach thereof. Yet he did not long abide in this honor. Satan using the subtlety of the serpent to subdue Eve, then by seducing her, seducing Adam, who without any compulsion did willfully transgress the law of their creation and the command given to them in eating the forbidden fruit, which God was pleased according to his wise and holy counsel to permit, having purposed uh, to order it to his own glory. Mm. That, that is a, a packed paragraph, but we are going to break it down. And it is, it's basically walking through like the first part of Genesis. It's walking through the creation account. So you can, as we will go through the paragraph, you'll see we're just going right through Genesis. But I think the first thing that stood out to me that I think is worth addressing is that it says God created man upright and perfect. He made us upright and perfect. He made us to be righteous, to be moral beings. Actually, we had in our discord, somebody asked recently about, um, oh, is it Romans 2, 14 to 16? I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. that, Kyle. 
And yeah. Paul is talking about how we have actually, even if we haven't read the Bible, we don't know the law. We have kind of this innate sense of what's right and wrong because we were made to reflect God in a moral sense, to be righteous and holy. And I think the word perfect, it's, uh, it's unusual. Like I get what it's saying, but we're also, we were imperfect. We're certainly imperfect now as a result of the fall, which we're getting to. But, um, I'd say like when we talk about God being perfect, we also mean that he's unchangeable, whereas we clearly are not, you know, our, our state, our status is righteous and holy was unstable. Um, sin has since corrupted our nature, but I think we can see that we were made for something else that we, you know, we don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. or at home in a world corrupted by sin because we were made to be upright and perfect. We were made to exist in unity, in like close relationship and communion with God, not sinning. And that's why we have innate sense of shame. That's why I have an innate conscious that that's like, Hey, you know, that's not right. That's not what you were made to, to do. That's not how you're made to act. And we see that mm -hmm. just in the way we were made that God makes good things. He made man said he was good. Yeah, well, and particularly what always sticks out to me in Genesis 1, um, you know, it's in verse 26 to 31, uh, and it says, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them rule over all things. But he, he creates man and uh, creates us in his image, but we're obviously not the same because we're created, which is what you're talking about mm -hmm. with, you know, we're we're changeable. We can, we can change, which is very evident in a couple chapters here. But verse 31, the end of chapter one says, God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there, you know, there was evening and morning, the sixth day. Mm -hmm. And up to this point, he said, you know, he creates the sun and the moon and the stars and it was good. And he creates the, the animals of the, of the water and it was good. And he creates the, the lilies of the field or whatever. And it, it was good. But mm. then when it comes to mankind, it was very good. This is something special that, that God creates, creating man in his image. Nothing else is created in his image. And mm. so right off the bat, you see this very special relationship that we have with him. Um, and yeah, that's what it's getting at. It's like he made us in this upright, perfect way. Um, but at the same time, we're not, we're not God. Um, so we are changeable and it's, becomes very evident very quickly um, that we can easily be drawn away from him. Um, he then makes the first covenant with man and gives him a, you know, a righteous law, a good law, um, where he says in Genesis 2, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. So he gives them basically the parameters to live in, right? He's created mm -hmm. the world. Um, and he, he, one thing that shouldn't be lost in us is he, when you see the creation is that he's creating it for mankind, really like it's a, it's a gift to us. It's something for us to be a part of. He's preparing this place for us. Um, and then he, he puts us in there and he's like, okay, be fruitful, multiply, rule the earth, rule over the fish of the sea, all these things that I've created have dominion over all of it. Um, and he gives us this command and he gives us then this rule, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil don't eat. Um, 
if you follow that, you'll have life and you'll be in perfect communion and, and un- union with me. Um, you'll walk with me. You'll, you'll, you know, uh, but then the consequence of breaking it is death. You shall surely die. If you eat of this tree, you shall mm-hmm. surely die. Yeah. I think that that's something that, uh, you know, you, when you read the text, you see it and it's something that just in the last couple years, I really started to wrap my head around that right from the beginning, God starts making covenants with his people, with the people he's created. And he, and he lays out like, this is how, this is what I want for you. This is how I designed you to live. And if you live in it, you're going to be blessed. It's going to be amazing. Like we see later in the, oh, is it the covenant? I always get the terms confused because this one is a covenant of works. Anyways, later we see when he makes a covenant with Israel, he says it very plainly, like, if you obey, you will be blessed. If you disobey, you will be cursed. And here he says, you know, mm-hmm. one, one thing. So we have the, like the law written on our hearts in the sense that, you know, murder still would have been wrong in the garden. If Adam killed Eve, like that's so wrong. Cause those are part things that come from God's nature, from who he is. Those are things that are written on us. But then he gives this special command. Don't eat of this tree or you'll die. If you, if you just refrain from eating from a specific tree, life, blessing, all these amazing things. But if you eat it, you'll die. And, and kind of the next point that I think we need to address, uh, cause you know, they ate it and then clearly didn't drop dead because, you know, they, they got removed from the garden. They went on to have children. Um, we we've said before we suspect we take this very literally so we believe that we are their offspring um and and i think there's a i mean some people just talk about like how it's god showing mercy that he didn't kill them immediately but i think there's there's also very much was uh, on one hand like a spiritual death that they were severed from communion they were severed from the life that they should have had there, um, but also physically the death concept of death was introduced to them. They, we, we weren't mm. made mortal. We were made to, to not experience death, but to live in perpetual communion with God. And now this idea where our bodies are breaking down that, you know, real things can threaten us physically and spiritually. Like we have to be on guard. We have to be concerned because our lives are, are fragile death has been introduced into the world as a result of the breaking of this first covenant. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. I like, uh, I I don't know if I have anything to like any quote to back this up. I'll say Mm -hmm. what's interesting. What you see is we, we often focus on when the, when Genesis gives us these genealogies, it says these like crazy numbers, like, and Adam lived 997 years and then he died. And Enoch lived 897. I don't even know if these are the right, I don't know if these are the right ages, but lived these like really long periods of time, then they die. But what you see in those genealogies is the number gets lower and lower and lower. So people can like, you know, you can go off about is it literal? Are they literally that age? Did they live that long? That's impossible. We can get to that another time if you want. Mm. I don't know if people would care about that, but, um, what you're seeing actually really clearly 
is the decay that's happening because the numbers are going down. And I think that's something that's showing, you know, symbolically what's happening is this decay and this death has entered into the world and they're no longer, they're not living forever. Um, there's a time limit to our, our time on this earth. Um, and that all comes because, uh, you know, Satan brings sin to the garden to tempt Eve. Um, he questions in Genesis 3, right? Um, a serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, God has said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows in that in that day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Mm. And so Satan comes into the garden, and he's tempting Eve, and he's saying, like, has God actually said you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? She's like, well, no, we can eat from the trees, just not that one. And he's like come on, you won't surely die. Like, are, are you serious? What are you talking about? God knows if you eat this, you're going to be like him. You're going to be mm-hmm. like him. The irony of the whole, uh, yeah, the irony of the whole situation is Adam and Eve are already living in a way of them being like God. Mm-hmm. Again, their perfect um, relationship with him, their union with him, um, following after what he has said, exercising dominion over the earth, they are being like God, like they were supposed to, they're reflecting his image. But what Satan says is if you disobey God, that's when you'll be like him. And and he doesn't Mm. want that. Yeah. I think it, it's, it's easy for us to lose sight of, of like the tragedy of this account. Um, Like we, we see it. It's like, yeah, Adam and Eve, they ate a fruit. God got mad. This happened. But it actually, it, it's so much deeper and we, we see, so Satan comes in and the first thing he does is he cu- tries to kind of twist God's word. He's like, you know, did, did he say, or, or God said, you can't eat of any f- f- tree. And it's like, well, no, he, he said, we just can't eat of this one. He didn't say don't eat of any tree. And then she says, then we'll die. And he says, surely you won't die. He, he just straight up like refutes what God has said. He just lies. Mm-hmm. He denies it. And, and the real tragedy is before Eve even takes the, uh, I don't know, mango, whatever it is, this fruit, and, and eats it, she's already at that point rejected God. She's rejected yeah. his command. She's chosen to believe the lie over the truth. The, the heart of it is about where she's trusting, where her faith is. And that's really what, what the hardest, where sin is for us. It's about who we're believing, who we're relying on, where we're putting our faith, what we're trusting in. Whenever we do these things, it's like eating a fruit, physically your fruit isn't itself that bad, but by eating this specific fruit, mm-hmm. she's rejecting God, rejecting his command, denying his goodness, denying his trueness, and effectively throwing out everything she had everything she was she was made for to break off this communion and it's actually is really tragic sad story to read 
that I think probably because we mm-hmm. learn it as kids and we have, we learn it in this, like, well, okay, those of us who grew up in church, at least we learned it as kids and learned this like really like censored coloring book version, but it's actually just a really <laughs> like on sad the felt horde. Yeah. <laughs> the fl- flannel graph or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> That that's, I I feel like that ages us so much. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like videos now or whatever. Whatever the young kids are are seeing these days, I don't know what they do in these the Sunday schools these days. Back in my day, we had flannel graph and and uh, projector screens and stuff. But they're all in VR now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how Sunday school rolls now. I'm sure there's a church out there that does that. There's got to be one. Um, anyways, basically, yeah, it's, it's, and it's an absolute tragedy. And one of the, you know, to continue in that thought, like, um, Adam and Eve, you know, we, we often think of it as like, they were tricked into it. Like Satan kind of tricked them to eat the fruit. Um, but they weren't tricked into, they willingly rejected God and his law because what you see happen is what Satan does is he kind of puts a little bit of doubt maybe in in their minds but he says that's not really gonna happen and eve says to him well we're, we're allowed to eat from trees but not that one tree so she's like repeating back the rule to him so she's not being tricked at all um it's a willful rejection of, of god um and so they're they're seduced by sin, maybe by this potential that they'll now know good and evil. They'll be like God, like Satan says. They're seduced by sin, and they have this desire to be like God. And they take the fruit and they eat it, and that's the first sin um, in the world. And you know the the world is now f- falls into sin. That's what we call why we call it the fall. Um, and the amazing thing through all of this is that God permits it to happen. Um, mm. Like we've said many times, like there's nothing that's outside of God's decree. There's nothing outside of his knowledge. Um, and we believe he decrees all things and he's omniscient, but he didn't force their hands in any way. He, he permitted it to happen. And that was their, mm. their choice to me. He, he gave them the law. He said, this is how you live. You are to live. Um, this is how you can be like me and follow me and have this perfect communion with me. And they decide they, they didn't want it. Um, and it's a, it's difficult for us to, you know, there's tons of questions. I think we'll get into it in later episodes. Um, all the effects of that. And is that really fair, um, for all of us to have to deal with the consequences of sin because of this one act and everything? Mm. Um, but this is what happened. And, and it's not like if I was in the garden, I would do any different. I think I, the exact same thing would happen. Maybe I'd do, maybe I've done it sooner. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but what we know through it all is that it all works for his glory. Yeah. It's that's all for really, his glory in some that's way. Re- really our, our comfort is the promise that we see again and again, I should have had some, some scriptures on hand, but I think of Ephesians one offhand where he talks of being predestined before and God working all things according to his will for his glory is, uh, in Ephesians chapter one, just go read, I mean, just go read Ephesians. It's a great book. One of my, I don't know. Is it weird to have a favorite book of the Bible? I don't, I, it's the one that I find. Everyone says it. 
like easy to read and digest and it's depth it's deep so anyways um our our comfort is the promise that it all works for his glory and that probably sounds crazy and and yeah just i mean i feel like we need to reiterate that point that we we're not saying god caused this but that he permitted it that he knowing all things allowed it to happen because he can use it because he can make good out of it and you know on one hand it reveals his nature because just in in creating he revealed his power he revealed his greatness he revealed his beauty and, and authority but in a fallen creation now he can reveal his mercy and his grace and his patience on us that he saves he reveals his justice even on those who are not saved that he that they they are punished for sin reveals his his just nature and all of it and his the depth of his wisdom is revealed in the cross which is ultimately the climax and the solution to the story where you can see that in one moment he's carrying out justice at, by punishing sin in himself in Jesus at the same time that he is having mercy for us, having grace on us, having way more patience than we deserve. Because, you know, from day one here, eat the fruit should have been the end of humanity. But now thousands of years later, we're, we're still talking about this story and glorifying God because of it. And that's really our, our comfort and, and, um, we also end up closer. This is a, it's a doctrine I'd love to, or a theology I'd love to explore more. Um, I, I think there's a term for it, but this idea that we actually end up like our communion with Christ is on like a higher level as a result of everything after him becoming man, after us being born again, not under Adam as our, as our covenant head, but with Christ as a covenant head with us being brought into the family of God, that we actually coming out of the other side of all this have a closer communion and a, a better relationship. And we end up for the, it's for God's glory and our good. It's just all around. It's actually better having gone through this, having tasted life without that perfect communion without him, then his glory shines that much brighter and it's much better for us. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. And this is really, um, when it comes to the fall, this is one of the basic beliefs of the Christian worldview. You have the gospel, which is the center and the foundation of it all. But one of the basic, um, views of the Christian worldview is this idea of the fall and that we are all sinners. Um, and you wrote this in, in some notes that we have. Um, did, you didn't come up with this is what you so said. This was You've from heard it somewhere. My worldviews class. And I don't know if, cause the way I took notes as a 19 year old was not the best. So I don't know if this was my professor coined this or if this is from some source, but, but basically the idea is that every worldview and a worldview is just the system by which we understand reality. So that could be, you could have an atheistic worldview. You could have you know, a Christian worldview. You could have some sort of like, uh, 
I don't know, Marxist worldview where you think communism is, it's basically, it's answering these questions. What is real? What is good? What is the problem? And what is the solution? And, and all these different worldviews will say different things. Like, like I mentioned, Marx, Marxism is maybe like, I don't know that many people personally that have like that worldview, but they go, oh, well, the problem is class inequality. Uh, so what's real? We're in this world. Um, a Marxist worldview is typically atheistic. What's real is this world. What's good is equality. The problem is inequality. The solution is socialism and communism. So there's a worldview. That's how they mm-hmm. answer the question. But we see this probably more prevalent as I'd say like there's a social justice worldview that's saying what's the problem injustice what's the solution uh, you know our efforts that we acknowledge it that we have more representation and as Christians we can say yes injustice is a problem yes inequality is bad or if you have yes sickness is bad all these things are bad but they're all they're all symptoms of the fall. So what is the problem? The problem really is sin. And the solution isn't more scientific and technological advancement. It isn't more rallies. It isn't, you know, better economic systems and socialist programs. The solution is to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ and his work on the cross and his life and his, um, mediation yeah and that's where um i think the christian worldview holds up against all other worldviews every other one seems to fall short in my in my mind um when it comes to things um and that's really i mean we'll bring it full circle here coming back to the reason for this podcast and the the change we've made as well and the the name for sinners and sufferers um, is that even when we come into times uh, of suffering and hardship, um, the answer is we, we always go back to God. We always go back to the gospel. And it's a way in which, you know, we can look through the lens of, of the Christian worldview. We can look at the world through the lens of the gospel and we see brokenness. We acknowledge it and we know that it's there. We know why it's there and we know the solution to it as well. Um, and the Christian worldview actually practically holds up as well. Um, and that's something that's, that's huge where all, all these, a lot of these other worldviews, you know, you, you kind of come up against different situations in life and you try to solve it with this. And it's like, um, you can, okay, we'll take the social justice one, right? What's the problem? There's injustice in the world. What's the solution? We need to make our efforts, but it's never enough because injustice keeps happening and it keeps happening and we can't raise enough money. We can't do enough rallies. We can't get enough exposure and we can't acknowledge it enough. It, it, it just never ends. And we're, we're constantly trying to do it. What the Christian worldview says is that's a issue, but there's, it's, there's an underlying issue to it all, to it all, which is our mm-hmm. sinfulness. If there was no sin, there'd be no, there wouldn't be injustice. Um, and so what's the solution to all that? It's to look to the one who's fully just and good and will judge, judge rightly and justly and fall under his rule and reign. That's Jesus. That's the gospel. And he, he came and made it possible for us to do so. Um, 
so that's what it what it all comes back to um is what's the solution or what's our what's our problem sins in this world and we're all sinners what's the solution is jesus and the gospel Mm -hmm. that's good well i could oh no there's a lot i'd love to talk about still i love talking about worldviews um if you feel the same we'd love to hear from you um leave us a, a comment youtube instagram send us a message join the the discord send us a message um if also if you message us on instagram we're really bad at, at at instagram because if if we don't follow you it goes into message requests and we definitely have accidentally yeah. left someone in there for like weeks because we'd forgot to check requests so maybe maybe bump bump it send another one comment on a post and be like check your messages <laughs> old check men your messages you idiots yeah but we'll get better yeah when we really do we love to, to talk about this we love to have conversations we don't want to just be here you know talking to each other like i said we could we will do this without recording because we're friends so we want to invite you um yeah you I guess all of our handles are changing or have changed by the time you're listening to this. So sinnersandsuffers.com. I know that one. We secured that. Is it at sinnersuffers is the Instagram Be- without yes. the word and because somebody took that for their like record company mm-hmm. or something. And we're not um, going to pay them like a thousand dollars to get it. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know if that's what they're, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll you know, see. You've heard those, you've heard those horror stories where people just lock up domains and then a company comes along and they're like, we want the domain. And it's like, give me $5,000 and you can have it. I saw a TikTok today where it. a guy named himself jimbeam.com for like the whiskey brand or bourbon or whatever it is. And he, and he just makes videos of him drinking it. And he's like, I'm here. If you want to talk, Jim Beam, you can buy this handle. <laughs> <laughs> genius anyway thanks for listening or watching we appreciate you and we'll we'll talk to you soon